0: Hello and welcome to the Narratives Podcast. I'm Sophie Zarb and I will be your host. I'm also the founder of the Narrative Medicine Project, an initiative of McMaster University health science students interested in exploring and promoting the many benefits of a narrative-based approach to healthcare. This podcast is one of the ways that we're bringing our project to you. Each episode, we will feature an interview with an individual who shares our interest in narrative medicine, in the hopes of gaining new perspectives and insights. We will also discuss our book club choices each month and other related current events. In this episode of the Narratives Podcast, I had the privilege and great pleasure of speaking with Dr. Joyce Zazulak, Professor in the Department of Family Medicine at McMaster University and Practicing Physician at the Maternity Centre of Hamilton. Dr. Zazulak's academic areas of interest include teaching about communication skills in patient-centred care, the health humanities, and narrative medicine.
1: How did you first become interested in narrative medicine? So I think I became interested in narrative-based medicine probably sometime around 2007, 2008. Uh, I had the chance to go to a conference and hear Rita Sharon speak about narrative medicine. And that was really, in in my mind, groundbreaking and really um, so important to what I believed in. As a family physician, I, I do absolutely believe in the the power of story and the importance of that Uh, and i think meeting her and then beginning to delve into uh everything i was reading about narrative medicine it it really framed uh, what was important to myself uh, in my role as as doctor the other important part about narrative medicine is not only is it about a competency or a set of skills as a caregiver that you need to provide you need to learn but it's also recognizing that there are two sides to that story—that there is the patient's story and then there's your story, because I think that is the one of the biggest and the most one of the really important tenets of narrative medicine is recognizing um, the power of the story in terms of the physician as as well as the patient. More importantly, and I mean I don't I want to assign too much importance to each or to one from the other, but it's that it's 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 important to recognize that.
0: Could you elaborate on some of the specific benefits to both patients and physicians of a narrative-based medicine approach?
1: Sure, but I, mean, I think narrative medicine really is about storytelling, um, the patient's story primarily, but also the doctor's story, like we've talked about, and really how, how these two stories interweave in the context of a clinical encounter. So at the end, there's the creation of a new story, which has a new meaning and a new understanding. And, and really it has, the possibility for change. Uh, so I think the, the one of the biggest and most important premises is that uh, narrative medicine really shifts that focus from it being doctor-centered, a doctor focus, of one of often is around problem solving and that need to understand, uh, which really then um, is a way to, to shift that a little bit about having the caregiver, the physician, begin, beginning to understand in a deeper way the experience of illness. And I think that this is so important um, in being an effective uh, clinician and family doctor. So it now becomes your, by by being able to have some competence in in story listening, you can begin to validate the patient's story. Uh, You can realize and empathize with what makes this story unique from the other story that you might have heard earlier in the day. And I think that that is what's going to help you dev- develop some really important and deep, em- a deep understanding and empathy uh, for the patient by recognizing that my my job isn't necessarily always to to solve the problem, but my first and foremost, my job is to understand the problem and understand understand the meaning of illness, understand what story I bring to this encounter. I mean, I think. We certainly know that this fundamental shift or change in the doctor's stance towards the patient and their story is, is, is really about learning to be present with the patient. Because I think it's a little bit more than just active listening. I think it's deeper than that. Um, with really the, the hope and desire to have a deeper understanding. Um, using narrative skills that narrative medicine teaches you can be something that you can learn outside the clinical setting and then take it with you into the clinical setting. But I think with those skills, what is it? I think it makes the doctor in a much better position to really empathize the plight of the patient and ultimately um, lead to improved outcomes uh, for the patient.
0: I was wondering if you could elaborate on some of the work you've done related to teaching medical residents. So I think,
1: and I'm sure because you've read some of Rita Sharon's work, she uh, does take the stance or borrow from literary texts as a way to teach about teach about um, competence about how to receive a story. So and that skill that you learn outside the clinical setting, like I said, can be then transferred and translated into your work with patients. So... From, from, from what she really talks about is that we can teach medical residents uh, the skills of, of narrative competence or narrative humility, because re- remember, I can't really be competent in your story, nor can you be competent in mine, but at least I can be humble, recognizing that your story is different and unique from mine. So I think if I want to talk about how we can teach narrative humility to, to learners or to medical residents outside the clinical setting is that we often use um, uh, parts of text, um, anything, anything you can use actually, and uh, learn to, to read it together, to read it closely. And through the, through the whole um, skill of learning how to read closely, you begin to pick up on the nuance of the narrative, the nuance of the story, that can then lead to things like curiosity, imagination, uh, making you want to know a bit more. Um, so by, by, by learning how to do that with a text, a poem, prose, uh, you bend, you begin to then get the skills better about how do you actually receive a story when, when, the, when you're with a patient. And then again, recognize not only the, the, the text structure the story structure, but what's, what's in the story and what's not in the story. So what are the piece, pieces that are missing? So it really makes you quite a, quite a nuanced listener. So it's a bit more than just um, active listening; it's really about deep listening. So once you once we've you've you've helped the the resident look at a piece of of, of literature in which they've been looking at the text and reading it closely, uh, you then often ask them to write reflectively in the shadow of that piece of work, and that really is a way to <clears throat> again prompt your imagination about what it must be like to be um to be that person in the story or or just by writing you begin to unravel some of the things that you might not even ever have known about yourself so often ideas can be running around in your brain but as soon as you commit it to paper you have to slow down you have to experience it you have to refeel some of the feelings that you had before and then you can Um, you can begin to understand how how that particular story affected you. So you can do that with literature. You can also, in a way which is um, ethical, you can write about a patient's story. Like you might have seen a patient, and then not that you're writing about the patient, but you're writing about your experience of caring for them. And then in this writing of of your experience of caring, it begins to help you understand in a deeper way um, how caring affects you. Because if you can understand that, then you can understand. You can then take that in with you into the clinical setting, and how it affects your care with patients. So that's how we teach. We teach the medical residents is um, outside the clinical setting by doing things like reading and writing reflectively, uh, and then they can translate those skills into the work that they do with patients
0: wow, that's, that's such an interesting approach to medical education. I mean, really emphasizing the value in practicing reflective reading and writing to become a better doctor and learn more about both the patient experience, but also yourself. And, and it makes sense that since narrative medicine is an approach to delivering care, that it's, it's something that requires practicing these skills in many different ways so that it comes naturally to you in your daily practice. Many of our listeners are undergraduate students who are also aspiring to be healthcare professionals. What advice could you give them at this stage in their education in regard to developing the important skills of, for instance, empathy, mindful listening and reflection?
1: Well, even before I answer your question, I'm just going to go back and talk a little bit because you've mentioned it about mindfulness. And I think that mindfulness work has has also influenced some of the work that I do. And it has helped me be able to be present with the patient, um, just through the practice of, of mindfulness. And you you also talked about uh, developing a practice even around writing, reading, and writing is also a practice. So, so this doesn't happen just once you do one workshop. You're an expert. It, it does require continuously coming back and practicing those skills. So so to, then to answer your question about you know what can be what can you. Um, the audience be thinking about doing wherever they are in their their educational trajectory at the present time is again I, I don't think that these what you what you read about in narrative medicine has to pertain just to those who are in healthcare I think the tenets and the premises of this work uh, applies to anyone it applies to your relationship with your partners it applies to your relationship with your parents or your or your siblings. Uh, that if you develop the skills of actually understanding the power of story and learning to listen to story in a much deeper way, um, that, again, um, increases your imagination and your curiosity, it's going to strengthen your ability to have healthy relationships. Um, And I I think that that's something that you can begin to develop now. Uh, And it would be something that you would use throughout the rest of your life. Um, it has, it has a place in medicine, but I think it also has a place in business, um, a place in, in, in anything that... Reco- I mean, if you want to be an architect or an interior designer, you have to come in and understand what the person is really wanting from whatever you're going to offer them by then understanding deeper for them what's, what's important to them so that you can provide them with the best product that, that they're looking for. So I I think, I don't think that, I think you can start now. I think it, it can be something that's absolutely within your realm and realm and reach to be able to get to.
0: I understand that you are also interested in the use of art in the education and training of healthcare professionals. Could you tell us a bit about your visual literacy program, The Art of Seeing, that you've developed with the McMaster Museum of Art for your family medicine residents?
1: love to talk to you about it. Uh, So we started this program around uh, 10 years ago or so, and this is a collaboration between the McMaster Museum of Art and the Department of Family Medicine. Uh, I had the the privilege of of being on a sabbatical year in 2009-10, where I then spent some Time really understanding in a deeper way narrative medicine, and at that juncture, also had the opportunity to engage with um, the mu- museum. There was they had they they were very interested in looking at how the um, how the museum could service all parts of the campus, and even in healthcare there has lots been written about the role of the art gallery in teaching medical students about observational skills so there's been lots and lots written about that Uh, so i was curious during my sabbatical about whether or not you know i knew if i took residents into the art gallery their observational skills would improve but what could be another outcome of that and I began to wonder whether with increased observation, just like with increased ability to listen to the story, the increased ability to, to look and look again and begin to try to understand what that looking information was getting, you were getting from the looking, could that also lead to some kind of deepening of empathy uh, in the, in the residents? So we embarked on the program where we took the residents into the art gallery and by and using works of art, uh, we had the, the privilege of being able to have them in the gallery for uh, th- four three hour sessions. Uh, they were on Wednesday, after, uh, four consecutive Wednesday afternoons. Uh, so we were able to teach them about how to look at art in the first session and then have them take those skills of looking into their work in the cl- in the clinical setting. Uh, get them to do a bit of exercises with that and bring that back the following week and then begin to build on the skills from the week before and in the period of reflection in between sessions to build on those skills of visual literacy. Visual literacy really is about finding meaning in imagery. And over the course of the four weeks, we looked at basic looking, uh, learning to look again, beginning to understand what the artist is trying to communicate through, the, through signs and symbols, uh, beginning to understand that um, art often doesn't have the right answers, so you have to be able to tolerate, tolerate ambiguity and uncertainty, and that there is no, there's no right answers. Uh, and these are, these are important skills for physicians because you don't always have the answer and you don't always know what's, what's wrong. And being in that place of uncertainty can be pretty uncomfortable. So by taking residents into the gallery, it's a pretty safe space. There's no one's at risk. There's no patient safety at risk, anything. But they could then begin to grapple in a safe space, in the space of the art gallery, um, a little bit about not, what's it like not to know or to begin to really look a bit harder and uh, to try to make sense of what they were seeing. Uh, The art gallery also provides a space to move away from the busyness of the clinical setting. And to be a lot more self-reflective, I was able to bring in some of the skills that I had learned from my narrative medicine work, and recognize that, at, like in narrative medicine, you can use literature as the as the the um, stimulus for reflection. We began to realize that we could use art um, as that stimulus for reflection. So once we taught them how to look, we then would challenge the residents to. Um, to do things like we show them a piece of art and then ask them to see who they would, they would identify in a particular piece of art. Um, and then write right from the point of view of that person in that, in that, that, that work of art. Um, we And again, always trying to relate that back to the clinical setting um, and see that, that what they were learning in the gallery had application for their, their work as clinicians. The other important component I think to both narrative medicine and the art of seeing is that we need to provide some ways or vehicles for people to feel that their work is meaningful. And you're less likely as a as a physician then to to burn out or to get depressed. So in both of these I think these modalities these these ways of of thinking it it provides um, an opportunity to to step back, reflect, um, recognize the importance of the work that you're doing, the impact that it has on you, and then at the at the end of the day, hopefully you'll you'll come out of this as a much more um, a much healthier healthcare provider. So the, I mean that artistry has been going now for ten years. Uh, we've been able to reach out beyond the medical residency program, and this was for family medicine residents. Um, we've now worked with people um, in outside of medicine, um, working with the continuing education t- uh, department at McMaster, um, worked with a group of managers that are doing community engagement or leadership. Um, we've worked with the library leadership. Uh, so again, I think this doesn't necessarily always belong in medicine, but it, it allows it to be much, much more than that. And, and the skills that you learn there can help you in, in whatever you do.
0: Given what's happening in the world today with the global pandemic, what role do you see for narrative-based medicine, for instance, in assisting physicians with providing care to patients, particularly in the absence of validated long-term clinical
1: evidence? So first, I do want to start off by thanking all of my frontline workers and colleagues and people who are doing this really tough work. And we're, you know, like someone said, this isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. So we're in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And and I think because we're in this for the long haul, I think there is a place for... Um, contemplative practice, uh, whether that be through reading, writing, reflecting artwork, Um, now more than ever, I think we need a place to be able to come as physicians, nurses, cleaning staff, um, people working in the kitchen to to have a place to be able to reflect on the impact of caring and the opportunity to reflect on that in a way which it feels like it can be life giving instead of life taking away at all at all times so i think narrative based medicine will allow people to not only like i talked before it will give them the skills to be able to hear how one patient's story is unique from another that my role as a physician isn't always to solve the problem but to journey with the patient through their illness experience Uh, and then also to provide them with with really exemplary care at the same time recognizing the toll that this takes on me and us and that that we need to have a place to be able to deal with that so that we're not we're not going to be so so burnt out and and so um fatigued by by this whole thing because you know we're, we're now at the place in this pandemic where people are quite fatiguing as you know um and i think turning to something like um reflective writing about your your experience of caring the impact that has on you as a person, uh, society, um, I, think, I think is really quite important. I'd have to say as well that even in this day, on top of the pandemic, we've also got a lot more has come to the fore about um, racism and anti-racism and the, needs the need for us as a society to really begin to talk about that as well. So I think that this also provides a space for that. The only other thing I would want to add is that really, narrative medicine is really under this whole umbrella of the health humanities, and the health human. And I would say narrative medicine and even the art of seeing all of that is just one of the possibilities um, around the health humanities. I think that we have to. That I think that we have to recognize that it's it's through those other disciplines that we begin to get a well rounded idea about humanity, and humanism. And um, we we can borrow from from you know English you know English cultural studies um, all of that to enrich enrich our, our lives. Um, so recognizing that, that that is an important part of it. Um, so I would say congratulations on your group and and a job well done.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Zazulak. You've given us so much to think about and discuss on our journey of understanding. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us today for the Narratives Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Zazilak and that you'll join us again next time. Have a great day! The Narratives Podcast is a production of the Narrative Medicine Project. Episodes of the podcast are released on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. To learn more about the Narrative Medicine Project and for all our latest updates, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our website at www.narrativemedproject.com.